This exhortation was brought to you by the Light Bearers, bringing light until there's no more darkness. Yeah, welcome once again to this um, session. Is it beyond beyond um, teaching today? I mean, I just um, I feel it. I mean, sense it that there is something much more the Lord is doing today. I don't know. I don't know what exactly it is. I can't place my hands on it, but you will see it. It will be demonstrated in the teaching, but beyond the teaching, it will be demonstrated in the things that you will hear beyond what has been said. You will you will hear it in your bodies. You will hear it in your spirit. Your heart will tingle. I, I, I just sense it. And it's a good thing to say this kind of thing so that your expectations are heightened, so that you can expect and latch on to things. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Um, so today, um, what we're going to be talking about, you know, is a faith meeting, really. So we're just going to stir up um, the waters a little more and just um, go into something. I, I titled it The Least of Us. The Least of Us. And it's, it's, it, this is very important to me because you said the Christian life, really, it's, it's not the life of the, of the mighty. It's not a life of the of the very very big ones, you know. Many times we undervalue ourselves. Many times we do that to ourselves. Paul, speaking to the Corinthians in First Corinthians chapter one, said that you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to this world were called. Not many mighty were called. He says, but God has chosen the base things of this world to confound the wise. It's the what purpose that no flesh should glory in his presence. It's always God's plan that no flesh should glory in his presence. That was always his plan. That we never come to the point where we are suddenly become very big. We have suddenly become very mighty. And then we believe that the things that come to us as a result of where we are right now, that is not to say that we ought not to grow in the word, that we ought not to grow in faith. But you see, the very context, the very, the very essence of the Christian life is in sticking to the common faith. Hallelujah. Is in sticking to the things that Christ has done for us. The Bible says is acknowledgement. Acknowledgement is really the name of the game. Philemon 1 and verse 6. It says that the communication of your faith might be effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing that is in you by Christ Jesus. Every good thing that is in you by Christ Jesus. So we, we can't get to that place where we constantly undervalue ourselves. No, we are valuable before God. Hallelujah. He says, but it's acknowledgement that will do it for you. Acknowledgement will make you see what Christ has done and make it see it as big stuff. Acknowledgement is the name of the game. Hallelujah. You see, for many of us, we, we believe in, in, in prophets. We believe in, in big men of God. We believe in them, them. Yes, it's true that some people have worked with God. And because of their work with God, they are, they are enjoying certain privileges. But that's not to say that it's to the utter exclusion of you and I. No, it doesn't. Whatever it is, in fact, the more, the more as we look at those people, what we actually should be seeing from them is their faith work. 
is their work of faith. Because if you did the same things, if you follow the same steps, you will arrive at the same place that they are. That's what the Bible teaches. Hallelujah. You know, in Matthew chapter 10, the Bible was talking about the prophet's reward. Many people are really aware of that, that if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you shall receive a prophet's reward. That's, that's a good thing, to appreciate God in the life of big men, to appreciate God in the life of pastors, ministers, evangelists, prophets, teachers, pastors, and all that. It's a good thing. You will receive the reward. But you see, in the same breath, the Bible talks about receiving a prophet's reward. He also talks about a righteous man's reward. That if you receive a righteous man in the name of a righteous man, you will not lose your reward. Hallelujah. There is a reward of a righteous man. There is something that righteous men carry that if you appreciate it in anybody, you will get a reward. Hallelujah. You will surely get a reward. In fact, it even goes a little more into that. Before you think that righteousness is, and we'll get into that later. Before you think that right, ah, so it's righteous people's reward. Okay, maybe I'm not there. It goes on to say that if you give drink to any little one, if you give them a cold of water in the name of a disciple, so maybe there are many sheeps and lions as it were, Maybe many people are not to that level of righteousness yet. And it's just disciples that you want to call them. They are just followers of Jesus. They are as well little bonds, followers of Jesus. The Bible says if you give a cold water to them in the name of a disciple, he said you will not lose your reward. <laughs> because there is something that is tied to anyone that Christ has born. There's, there's something tied to us. There's something vitally in us. Is the message of it's the least amongst us. Hallelujah. So that's the message. It's the least of us. That God is able to do all this in the least of us. It's many times we try to exclude ourselves and we do not take advantage of the things that belong to us. Because we always think sometimes that is for some people. And that's what I believe that the Lord will have us do today. Bring this down to the level of the least of us. So we'll be seeing a lot of that. What is exactly what is promised to the least of us? Second Peter chapter one. Let's start from there. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter is a very wonderful, wonderful um, um, chapter of the Bible. I'm telling you, it's something that you might want to stay with for a little time because it, it tells you of, of, of the little seed. How that God is not going to do anything beyond what he has given us. Let's start reading. Um, we'll just read from verse 1 to verse 4 and um, we'll say some things. Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 4. Simon Peter is servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. To them that have obtained, hallelujah, to them that have obtained like precious faith. This is the Pope of the church. This is St. Peter. This one that God gave the church to says, Upon this rock, upon this revelation, I will build my church. I have given you the gates. This Peter, this one that God put as head of the church, is saying to every single one of us that we have received like precious faith. That's a big thing. We have received like precious faith. It's the same one. Hallelujah. 
It's the same one that is at work in Peter. It's the same one that was at work in Paul. It's the same one that is at work in any single person that you can ever think about. He says, them who have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. He says, the way we got this precious faith is through the righteousness of God and of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Through the righteousness of God. How was Jesus made righteous? How was this righteousness brought to bear? Romans 4 and verse 25 tells us that he was delivered on the account of our offenses and was raised again on the account of our justification. You know, a lot of people struggle with that verse. And this is the way, when you read it across from translations, they read it like, we were delivered on the account of our offenses. We were delivered. Jesus was delivered because of our offenses. But you see, they can't say the same thing about the second verse, although it's the same thing. He says, but he was raised again because of our justification. You know, many people try and turn it around and say he was raised again for our justification. No, it's not that really. It's that our justification was what brought him to life. If we were not justified, it would never have come out of hell. So that is coming out of hell was a big thing. And that's what gave us like precious faith. Hallelujah. So anyone who is born again, anyone who has received this message of Jesus, he is in a pedestal that is bigger than anything. He is in the righteousness of God. The Bible says he is the righteousness of God. He has been justified. That's how he could come alive without Jesus being justified in the spirit, without him being justified, there was never going to be a rising from the dead. But his coming alive from the dead was a proof that he was justified. He was delivered on the account of our offenses and raised again to life because of our justification. Because we were justified. God justified us. What's the word now? The effect of justice has been done everything was settled and we could come alive peter is saying that's how we got like precious faith hallelujah he says those who have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of god and of our savior jesus christ he says grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of god and of jesus our lord he says according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. You see that? His divine power has given unto us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. I know you are waiting for a day when things will suddenly be all so gloomy and well with you. But you see, Jesus and God is not going to do anything beyond what he has already done. That's what the Bible is saying. That he has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. He says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. He says, by this, we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this world through loss. Hallelujah. He says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. He said, this is why we have the word of God. This is why we have teaching. This is why we are teaching today. He says that by this promises by interacting with these promises by interacting with this word we might become partakers of the divine nature so every single thing that you want to see in life every single thing that you desire every single thing that you see in the life of other people 
is telling us here that we can be that too. If only we would take advantage of the promises that have been given unto us. If only we would take advantage to look upon these things that have been given unto those who have like precious faith. Jude calls it. He says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. This faith was delivered unto us. It came as a reason of our justification from the dead. Hallelujah. It came as a reason of our justification. It says, whereby given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. That by these promises, we can be anything. Hallelujah. We can become everything that God wants us to be. We can be anything. Hallelujah. So there are two things I want to point out there. I've already started talking about them. Number one is that we have received like precious faith. The least of us has received like precious faith. We all have it. We all have this faith. Romans 12 and verse 3 says, I speak through the grace that is given unto me, unto everyone that is amongst you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think more highly than he ought to think so he tells us not to think more highly than we ought to think but that doesn't mean we should not think highly of ourselves we ought to think highly of ourselves because what god has done for us in the list of us is big enough to think highly of ourselves not to ever undervalue ourselves not to ever think of ourselves less of anything no he says not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to there is a level we ought to get to and what's that level he says not to think highly of ourselves than what we ought to but to think soberly according as god has dealt to everyone the measure of faith god has dealt to everyone the measure of faith ephesians 4 from verse 4 to verse 7 the same thing that god has dealt to everyone the measure of faith we all have it ephesians chapter 4 from verse 4 he says there is one body one spirit <laughs> He says, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. You see, it's the same for everybody. It's the same in everybody that you can ever think about. Think of the biggest men of God you can ever think about. It's the same one. Hallelujah. He says, there is one body. There are not two bodies. There is one body, one spirit. Even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and the Father of us all. Who is above all and is, is through all and is in you all. Hallelujah. He says, but unto every one of us is giving grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So this thing is in every single one of us. This thing is in every single one of us. We all have it. It's to the least of us too. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 3. 1 Corinthians 12, 3. He says, wherefore I give you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit calls Jesus a cause. And that no one can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. So this is how we came. We all came by the Holy Ghost. We all came because there was a calling, there was a yearning. This is how we got to like precious faith. Second thing is that we are all recipients of God's enormous saving power. I read it already that we got this faith by the resurrection of Christ from the dead. We got it by justification. 
We have received our coming to life, our coming to be born again. Our, our, our life in Christ was a result of God's saving power. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 4. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 4. I'm still talking about the least of us. The least of us. Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 4. He says, but God who is rich in mercy, but for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins and trespasses. He says he has quickened us together with Christ and has raised us together with Christ, all of us together. He has raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's for everybody. Hallelujah. He has made us to sit together with Christ. He says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us. He says, for by grace are we saved through faith. And that not of ourselves is the gift of God. Hallelujah. It's the gift of God. This is how we got saved. He is everybody. God was rich in mercy to every single one. And that love, that love with mercy brought us out. Hallelujah. He says, when we were dead in trespasses and sins, he quickened us together and raised all of us together and made all of us to sit together with him. Hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. From verse 8, the same thing. It says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of me, of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me as his prisoner, but be thou a partaker of the affliction of the gospel according, which is according to the power of God. He says, Who has saved us and has called us with a holy calling? Who has saved us? Paul is talking to Timothy. They let us know that Timothy was about maybe 17, 18 year old man. So look at this big apostle talking to Timothy, a small boy, and telling him that God has called us with a holy calling. He's the same one. He, he, God who has saved all of us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Hallelujah. He says, but now is made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So this thing that brought us out is life and immortality. That's how we came alive. Hallelujah. It's ultimate in bringing us out, God actually used, the theologians make us understand that in Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 19 to 23, if you read it, that the, the, the combination of the words that were used there, they call it the most powerful scripture in the Bible. Actually, just a play of words because it, the word power was used a number of times. About four different words for power was used in that verse alone. Ephesians 1 and verse 19. Ephesians 1 and verse 19. He says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards what we believe, which is according to the working of his mighty power. He says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but in that which is to come. That power, that power that he demonstrated in Christ, he says that you may know that is at work in you too. Is at work in you, you, every single one of us. Hallelujah. The power that got us, that, 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 that got the job done, it, it is the ultimate use of God's power. That's the power that brought alive the least of us. 